You're listening to Digging the Dirt, The Allotment Show. Hello and welcome to the podcast and the first one of 2024. So very happy new year to you and uh, and I hope you have a good one. Here in Lancashire, it's been cold. It's been down to minus seven this week and we've had our first snow too. I do hope it's the last. Somehow I don't think it will be, but I'm ever hopeful. Uh, the snowdrops are coming out as well. What a welcome sight, I've got to say, they are in the back garden here, heralding the new year and a sign of better things to come. And the daylight is just getting a little longer too, just a bit noticeable. Occasionally I'm getting home in the light, so that's always a welcome sign. Now, I had a few things planned on this show, but I've just recorded an interview with Carol Tate, of the Sweet Pea Society. And we had such a lovely chat that I'm just going to feature this interview in this podcast. I hope it will inspire you to grow sweet peas for the first time, maybe, or improve on your sweet pea growing. And we talked about some fantastic top tips. Certainly a lot of them I'm going to take on board, as you will uh, as you'll hear in this interview. So here's my interview coming up with Carol. And I'm pleased to welcome to the show Carol Tate. Hello, Carol. Hello. Hiya. How are you doing? I'm very good. I'm very good. And I was just thinking, you know, we uh, we last met at uh, RHS Bridgewater. And that was, when was that, Carol? Last July? Something it was, like it that? was last July, yes. yes. Uh, I was there at the RHS uh, late show. Uh, which we staged at RHS Bridgewater. Yes. yes. Uh, we had a, a fabulous time there. The the staff looked after us very well. Good. And they helped us to put on an exhibition. Uh, we had um, over 30 exhibitors and over 122 vases and displays. Gosh, um, yes. So we, we put on a fantastic spectacle for the visitors. It was. Uh, we had a great team of volunteers and there was a, a huge footfall, a good footfall of people. Good. Um, coming through the marquee where we were based. So yes. it was a great venue. Excellent. Because I just uh, arrived at RHS Bridgewater. I'm, I'm about, I don't know, half an hour's drive away, something like that. So whenever I can, I just uh, whiz over there because there's always, it just changes from month to month, doesn't it? It's a wonderful gardens. I, I don't know where, did you, did you have time yes. to have a look around? Oh, I did, you yes. Did. Um, yeah. We did the... the uh, uh, walk around the walled garden. Yes, um, that's you can you can sign in and they can take you around and they tell you all about the history of it, which is really interesting. That's right. We the... are back there again this year. I was going to we say are... so. Obviously, it was very successful for you then. It was busy when it I was, when I arrived. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very busy. Lots of interested people. Um, so we're planning on doing the same again this year. Good. Uh, so we've got the late national show again. Yeah. That's on the Saturday the thirteenth, Sunday the fourteenth of July. Right. It'll be a similar thing. We're also looking to extend it and do some children's planting. So oh, uh, give good. hints and tips to children, um, and have a demonstration on making buttonholes using sweet peas, and have a. a an area at the back um, for talks. So we're going to have a few little workshops where people will give presentation talks about growing sweet peas. Oh, so, terrific. Yeah, that so sounds it's, great. So it's expanding, it's getting bigger. Good. <laughs> yeah, well, good Good for you because I thoroughly enjoyed it there. It was a great surprise 
for me. And uh, and I grow sweet peas just on my allotment, just you know for in the house and to give to neighbours and things like that. So it was it was great to see these professional displays. I mean, they're just incredible, aren't they? How they how they're presented. So. They are, yes, yeah. The the exhibitors spend a lot of time. Yes. Um, the vases, for example, if you've got 15 stems in a vase that's two inches across, it takes quite a while oh, to uh, to get all the stems into the vase. Yes. Um, yeah. And a lot of effort's taken to place the sweet peas in the in the facing the right direction, get them all facing forward, yes. all similar lengths in a nice fan display. Yeah. Um, but the end result is worth it because if you get a dozen vases of 15 stems all different colors yes. all smelling beautiful it yes. really is an amazing sight oh it did that, that it just hit you when you walked in the marquee because it was quite a warm day and uh yeah it was just stunning all around all yes, the senses yeah, and the, the perfume the perfume just wafted all the way through yes yeah. yeah so you've obviously got bridgewater coming up in next year that was the 13th and 14th of july next year correct, uh, this yes. year Talk about next year. This year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this year. Get that right. And um, yeah, so I'll make sure I'll, I'll get to one of those uh, two days there. Where else will you be exhibiting then? Please, yes, we'd love to see you. Um, we're also uh, taking part in Tatton, Tatton Flower Show. Oh, that's we'll a great We'll have a display one. stand and information bureau there. Yes. And then we have uh, also the display stand information bureau and uh, members competition at Chorley, Chorley Flower Show, oh, which great. is the end of July. That's three days at the end of July. That's and right. And Southport, which is in August. So we, we have a... Um, a display again at Southport Flower Show. So those are the, the three big shows that we're, we're doing here. Um, the National yes. Sweet Pea Society, of course, does other shows in other places. Yes. Um, I'm from the Northwest, so I'm yep. I'm just talking about the Northwest displays. Yes, yeah. And then we, we join in with um, a little of the shows. Um, I, I love doing Garstang Show. Um, yes. So they have, as well as the flowers, they have the the cows and the horses and That's the everything right. else. Proper country it's show. It's a really, yeah. really good event, proper country show. Um, Disley, Poynton, Wem, uh, Yorkshire. We go we go over the border to Yorkshire right. to uh, join and participate in their Society Sweet Pea show, shows. So, yeah, oh, lots excellent. of interesting things that we, yes. we get involved yeah. in. And I think Wem is where it all started, isn't it? Way, way back in That's time. That's correct, yes, yeah. yes. That's right. Yeah, um, my home county is... Yeah. <laughs> uh, my home county is Shropshire, you see. So... Um, Right, I know yeah, all about yeah. Wem, you know, coming from Shrewsbury, which is just down the road from there. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, it was Hen- Henry Eckford, Henry Eckford, who um, took the uh, old-fashioned um, sweet pea um, right. that originated from the Cupanis. Um, a, a monk, a Sicilian monk called Cupane, right. sent seeds over to the UK in 1699, Gosh. and uh, from there, Henry Eckford started to breed them. Uh, and by the turn of the century, had over 150 different colours and varieties. Gosh. And they were known as the Eckford Grandifloras, the Eckford Grandflowers. Right. And that changed everything then? It changed did, yes. Everything. That was the start. Yes. Um, and then at the turn of the century, 1900, um, one of the varieties um, sported and it became a bit bigger and a bit wavier. And still it was still retained the perfume. And it was in the grounds of Althor Paul which is where the Spencer family used to yes, live. Of so course, it, it yeah. became known as the Spencer variety. Right. Um which is the Spencer varieties we've got we've got today. 
So the link there to Princess link Diana and to, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. the link back to Wem with with uh, yes. Henry Eckford and his his old fashioned. And right. um, they, they they were known originally as the Eckford Grandifloras, but after the Spencers, they then became known as the Old Fashioned. And both the Old Fashioned and the Spencers, Spencers. retained the perfume. Yes. And then you've got all the different colours, and you've got pastel colours, dark colours. There isn't a yellow, though. It's not possible. It's not genetically possible to get a yellow sweet pea. Yeah. There's oh. one very close. There's one that's a creamy one, buttery, right. creamy colour that's nearly yellow, but uh, but not yellow. Really? Oh, I didn't know that at all. Fascinating, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> now, the, the reason we um, are, are speaking, uh, Carol, is is this time of the year a good time to start off growing sweet peas if you're perhaps doing it for the first time? Yes, yes, it is, yeah. Um, certainly, if you live... Um, in the north, yeah. um, you can get away with autumn-sown ones, and a lot of books will refer to autumn-sown because that's when the sweet peas would naturally drop to the ground and yes. sow themselves. Yeah. So, so that's what nature does. You can you can plant the seeds in autumn, look after them, yeah. uh, start to um, keep them over winter, yes. um, keep them try and keep them frost-free. A bit, a bit of frost doesn't harm them, but they don't like going below five degrees, right. minus five. Yes. Uh, but they, they will survive a little bit of frost. Yeah. Uh, and then they are ready to plant out about March. Now, okay. that's not much good for me up here in Lancashire because my ground's still frozen and yes. cold in March. Yeah, so can they be. just sit there and look at you. Yeah. So there's no point me, me planting them in March. Yeah. So I'd rather plant mine out in April, a month later, when the ground has had time to warm up a little yes. bit. Yes, yeah. So what I do is sow my seeds the end of January, beginning of February. Ah, so our timing's just right then, really. Well, the timing's just right, yeah. yes. I, I, I've got I've got two seed trays in my propagator as we speak. Right. Um, okay. Would you like me to go through quickly the growing process? Well, yes. I was going to say, because you hear about sometimes you have to soak the seeds or sometimes you put a little nick in the seed, because it's quite a hard seed coating, isn't it, there? It, it, well, yes. Uh, most modern seeds nowadays don't have a hard coating and so they don't need chitting or soaking yes but if you've got a packet that's been in the back of a cupboard for for several years they they do (laughs) need um one of the easiest way to tell is just put them in a glass of water overnight and if in the morning they've swollen up you know they're good for planting if they've not then they would need chitting i understand oh that's a good tip isn't it Excellent. Yeah, yeah, but most most modern seeds um, don't need chitting or soaking. Yes. If you buy them from garden centres, buy yes. them from the Sweet Pea Society, yeah. uh, then they're, they're good to go straight into the soil, into the compost. Excellent. And you can grow them either for the colour or the fragrance, can't you? So what, what would you yeah. recommend if somebody wanted something particularly for the, the fragrance or particularly for the for the blooms and the colour? Well, the fragrance, the old-fashioned varieties, the ones that Henry Eckford did, have absolutely fantastic fragrance. Cupani, which was the first one, is still sold nowadays. Um, They've got seeds from seeds from seeds, and the Cupani is a very highly scented one, a very popular old-fashioned sweet pea. Um, There's lots of different varieties. Like I said, there's over 150 colours 
there's one called Henry Eckford, which is like an orangey colour, very deep orange, which yeah. is very popular. That's really nice. And then you've got Dorothy Eckford, which I did think was his wife, but it turns out it's not. It's some other relation it's named oh, after. I see. But right. that's a, a lovely white coloured, oh, old fashioned. Yes. Um, a lovely pale, pale, uh, pale, creamy white. Yes. But yeah. there are lots of different colours. Um, I particularly like one called Black Knight that okay. has the perfume, a nice, lovely dark colour. Oh, and that looks good in arrangements to contrast against the yes. pale colours. Yeah. So do the Spencer and, variety, do they not have such a, a, a strong fragrance then? Or can you still get... Sorry, they they do have exactly the same fragrance and perfume. They are also very good. They're right. a bit bigger, yes. a bit flowerier, a bit blousier. Yeah. So we tend to use those more for exhibition purposes. Right. They do yeah. need a little bit more room to grow because they grow a bit taller. Yeah. And if you want them for exhibition, we do what we call layering, which is let them grow to the top of the of the cane. Yes. And then cut them, cut them, uh, untie them, lay them on the ground, and then send them up a cane further up. But oh, you would only okay. need to do that for exhibition. Yes. Um, most people just to have them to grow, to pick, to put in a vase in the house. Yes. Would, yeah. would do what we call bush grown. So it would just climb up a trellis, yep, uh, a flower, right. and yep. um, that, that is fine for most people in most gardens. Wonderful. So just talk us through then. Now we've got our seeds and we've checked that they're viable, if you like, popping them into the water overnight, see if they swell up. And if they don't, you recommended just that nick, that sort of chitting of Just a little there. chit out of it. Yes. But, but that is only for older varieties of yeah. seeds, you know, seeds that have been kicking about for a while. Yes. Um, the ones that you buy from, from the garden centres, like I said, they're, they are soft soft coated. So they're good so they're, to go straight away. They're good to go straight away, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So talk us through so, the growing process then or how you in particular yeah. grow your sweet yeah. peas I, I do I, I grow quite a few because I grow them for exhibitions so um, I could put them in individual pots or toilet roll holders yes. or cups um, but I choose to sow them in a seed tray um, the reason for doing that is because you can get quite a few, you can get a couple of hundred in the seed tray, right, um, yes. which can fit in the propagator. Um, you can put them in a propagator in January, February, or on a warm window ledge, perhaps above a radiator. Yeah. Um, and uh, within eight to ten days, they should start sprouting up. They look like grass seeds coming up, they yes. look like grass coming up. Yeah. Um, at that point, you can then pop them on. The reason for doing them in a seed tray rather yes. than separate pots is, first of all, they don't take up as much room. Yeah. Um, and also with separate pots, you're never quite sure about how much heat is getting up through to them. Ah, um, yes. So they tend to germinate at different times. And also you. you've not yeah. got them at the same depth. So it it's, becomes harder to look after them. Yes, if understand. If, yeah. you, if you're growing them at different at different times. Yes. But if you've got them all in the seed tray and they're all level, they're all germinating at the same time, it's then so much easier to, to prick them out into individual pots yes. and then look after them from there because they've all germinated at the at same, same time. At the same time, yeah. Yeah, which is a lot easier. Yes. So yeah. um, what I, I, I use root trainers. Um, I bought some root trainers many years ago and I just reuse them. Yeah. Uh, but you can use more eco-friendly uh, things, like I said, toilet roll middles. Uh, although I would, I, I would struggle to find enough toilet rolls. I'd have to get all the family collecting them for me because yes. I grow over, I grow over two hundred plants, so that's an awful really? lot of toilet rolls. I know a, a friend um, of mine doesn't have a problem. He teaches in a school and he gets the. Um, 
the cleaning staff just to save them all, yeah. you see. So he has hundreds Excellent. and hundreds of other things. So, <laughs> yeah, that, um, that's an idea. But it is. The, the root yeah. trainers are very handy because yes. it, you can carry them in a basket as well. So yep. um, once once they are once they've germinated, they mm-hmm. don't need the heat. Once they germinated, they go in a cold greenhouse ah, or right. a cold conservatory. Yes. Um, once I've potted them on, I then put them outside in my greenhouse or a cold frame. You could use a cold yes. frame. Yeah. They do need plenty of light, otherwise they start searching for the light and they'll get tall and leggy and, yeah. and not very strong growth. So, yes, I've so seen I, that before where them. they get very, very leggy, don't they? So yeah, that's yeah. that's purely due to not enough light then. Not and they're searching light, for so it. They're searching yeah. for the light, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I try to put them high up in the greenhouse to make the most of the light there. Yeah, perfect. Uh, just, just a light water and just keep them down. You don't want them too damp or they could be prone to mildew or, or yes. insects and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's handy to, uh, you need to look out for slugs and snails. Uh, and um, if they're outside, look out for birds and mice. Um, right. Certainly the autumn-grown ones. Uh, friends have problems with mice coming eating the seeds yes. and with birds yeah. coming nipping the tops off That's right. and then snails finding the way in. <laughs> also depending on where you are deers rabbits tortoises you name it oh, <laughs> popular then with our yes they are yes. yeah they're very popular yes yeah. yeah um but so i keep mine in my greenhouse um i usually get nearly 100 percent germination which is which is excellent news Good. um some people say put put two in a pot and, and take the strongest one yeah. and i think what a waste of seed um, uh, yes. if you if you sow them in the seed tray you pick out all the ones that germinated yeah. and, and don't waste any seeds so yeah. So I prefer to do that. And then a couple of weeks later, um, they're ready for nipping off. When they get to about four inches high or yes. 20 centimetres, yeah. um, usually they have two sets of leaves on and then you just nip the top off. Okay, like and just literally pinch the top. Just pinch the top them. off, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, you just do that the ones. And the reason yep. for doing that is in nature, normally they grow through the autumn and they'd have animals grazing on them. They'd, they'd have the tops ah, uh, nipped I off see. by the, the frost. Yes. Um, and they start to produce side shoots. Yes. And the yeah. side shoots are often more vigorous than the main shoot would have been. It also gives the roots chance to consolidate, so they have chance to to bush out as well. So you get nice, strong, healthy roots. Yes. Uh, and the the when you then come to plant them on, you've got more than one shoot growing up. You've got several coming round, so you get you get more flowers coming. So when you grow for showing, yes, as opposed to perhaps me that just grows for for the blooms and to bring home and to. Uh, yeah. and, and to give away and and and, and whatever uh do you, do you pinch out as well or not or do you yes yes you still i still do that pinch yeah. Out. yeah because the side shoot is more vigorous than yeah being. yes it's like with tap roots when you do wallflowers and you take off the tap root and stuff like that the, 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 the more vigorous side shoot so i will pick one side shoot that i think yeah i'll, I'll, I'll go with, go this with one. that one yeah 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 and i i train it up the cane and pull out all the side shoots so you just get one stem going up and from that you get your that's how you get your long stems Uh, people say to me oh can we have the variety that does the long stems yes well it's not the variety it's how you grow it's the method of it isn't it yeah Yeah. but if i was growing i would just pinch out the top just like you've said just pinch out the top and then kind of leave it really to to do its thing yeah yeah 
Yeah, very much so. Um, a couple of weeks after that, you need to start your hardening off. So that takes you yes. to about the beginning, middle of April. Yeah. Um, so that's just a case of when it's a nice sunny day, pop them outside for a bit. Yeah. If it's going to freeze, pop them back pop in. Pop them back in. Um, you can yes. use a cold frame, yeah. Yes. Or you can use bubble wrap, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the, the fleece that you can put over. Um, if, if it does freeze, they will survive. Mm. It takes them a while to come back again, but yes, they, just they will back survive. A bit, won't they, it? They'll not die, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And how long do you do that hardening off period um, for About two weeks. A couple until, of weeks just to acclimatise. A couple of weeks, yeah. 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 yeah, just to get them acclimatised. Yes. Um, whilst that's happening, of course, or before that time, you can prepare your soil, prepare your ground for planting them in. And what yeah. do we need to do then? Because they're, yeah. they're pretty hungry, aren't they? Plants. They are, because they're annuals, yeah. so they grow yeah. an awful lot. You know, if they're going to grow six foot tall yeah. in a couple of months, then they need plenty of, of, of nutrients. Yes. Um, my friend recommends turning the soil over before winter so that it will help to break it down. Okay. Uh, I wish I was as as, <laughs> as good as him. I've not done that. And then some other friends uh Install the virtues of the non-turning over your soil um, to yes. help the, so that the insects can break it down and the microbes can yeah, break it down. Yeah, like the no There's dig. lots of different yes. ways of doing it. The no-dig method, yeah. That's There's lots it. of different ways of doing it. So, yeah, so you find your own way, basically. Yeah, but it, you find your own way. But you but need to incorporate like to, some nutrients into it, I guess. You do, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. I, I, I use... Um, well-rotted horse manure is the best thing, but it does need to be two or three years old yeah. before you put it in, so there's no chance of the grass seeds coming through yeah. or any pesticides that have been on the grass yes. coming through. Yeah. Um, but then I've been using um, chicken pellets, and I've been digging those in, um, a top dressing of bloodfish and bone, and then test my soil every so often to make sure. Um, sweet peas need a, a neutral pH, right. they don't need acid, they don't need alkali. Okay. So I just do a little, a little soil test, test every now and again to yeah. make sure yeah. and, and add whatever's needed. Yeah. Um, and then as they start growing, Certainly when they're flowering, um, I'll use tomato feeds because that helps to promote the, the flowering. And that's so how, how often would you would you give them that, that liquid feed then once they're flowering? Well, once a week I, I or every two weeks? Yeah. <laughs> Every week, Friday, Friday feed, Friday feed. Then is I don't forget. Friday feed. Okay. <laughs> well, at least you don't forget yeah. then, do you? It's every Friday, and that's I don't it. forget Friday feed. Every yes. every Friday, Friday. So feed, just as yeah. you would for uh, um, for your tomatoes, then exactly that's the same. Correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, you know. Last year, I I grew my sweet peas down in the uh, down on the allotment, but it wasn't a great year. But it was. It was very wet, wasn't it, late on in the season and, and whatever. Um, well, last year, if you remember, it was very, very warm in May and Early June. on, yes. It was yeah. very hot. Yes. So by the end of June, my flowers were flowering sooner than I anticipated. Uh, yeah, yes. So by mid-July, they were starting to fade, and I still had... More flower shows to come, so yes. I was doing my best to keep them going, keep them, going. Uh, keep them feeding, keep keep watering them. Yes, uh, but then it went very damp and very wet. Exactly. Yes. Um, yeah. So, so some of them suffered from bud drop because the temperature changed, just dropped, caused the buds to drop off. Yeah. Um, some of them suffered from they, they just they just said, "Oh, we've done our bit now, curled up, went yellow, and, and that was it." Uh, yeah. Gone. It was and just it was a... noticeable. The ones in the sunshine curled up sooner than the ones that were yes. in the shade going across the garden. Yes, that's and right. My, my most successful flowers last year 
were the ones on the north side of the house. Oh, and there were just a few I had left over yeah. that I stuck in and, and they flower better than anything else. Yes. So whether it's something that we'll need to look to in the future, in the f- yes. if we've got climate yeah. change, yes. um, and I thought, what, we need to plant them what am I in doing? the shade rather than in the sun. Yeah, I thought, what am I doing wrong? Because the previous year, 2022, they were just fantastic. And I was bringing bunches yes. down for the neighbours, literally yes. every Every weekend, they get a bunch left on their their doorstep. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I was giving away bunch. bunches at, yeah. at the same at the end of June because my shows weren't starting until July. So I'd got yes. all these flowers ready for July, yes. flowering two weeks early. So by the time the shows came, I was struggling to find them. Very <laughs> difficult, but that's the way it is, isn't it? We can't. Uh, it is, but you know, every year it. I said to myself, <laughs> "I will learn from this year, and next year I will do this. Next yes. year I will do." That. Yeah. and then next year something else comes up exactly. that <laughs> it does doesn't it crazy isn't it crazy it does. yeah so we're just up to hardening off and then we we prepare the ground then with your the ground, chicken yeah, pellets yeah. etc yeah. uh yeah, blackfish yeah. and bone and and in they go and in they go, yeah. yeah six to eight inches apart a lot of people people plant them quite close together Yes. But they are vigorous growers, so they need to get the roots down. They need to suck the nutrients up. If they're yes. too close together, they will still grow, but they'll not be as tall, they'll not be as big, yeah. and they'll not last as long. Like too much Whereas competition. Yeah. Plenty, too yes. much competition, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. if you give the roots plenty plenty um, room to grow, then they, they, will, they will reward you. Excellent. And like you say, you'll be able to give away handfuls to neighbours when yeah. they start flowering. And there's nothing better than that, isn't it, really? It's lovely. Lovely. Not, you can you can leave them growing. They do look attractive growing yes. up and over. Yeah. Um, but if you let them go to seed, they will stop flowering. So you do yes. need to deadhead. Yeah. So if you leave them outside, you need to deadhead them or you. else they will stop flowering. Yes, yeah. yeah. And do you collect seed to, to grow on next year? Yes, or, I or, do. Yeah. You do, yes. Yeah. I do. If you want to collect seed, if you – Pick and pick and pick and pick and get yeah. to the end of season and then think, oh, there's a few seeds left, I'll collect these. Yeah. They're not going to be as good because they're the tail end of the season. Ah, I see. So they'll yeah. not be as vigorous when you come to plant them. If you want to collect seeds, you're better keeping one plant. You only need one plant yes. and putting a ribbon around it or something and just let it grow, let it flower. Yeah. Don't pick anything let it go to seed, and then collect the seeds from that. And just use that one plant as your seed source for the next year. As your seed best, yeah. And that will give you good quality seeds from the first showing, as opposed to ones where the the strength of the sweet peas are depleted as you go through the season, and then your seeds aren't going to be as vigorous as they would early, early season. Yes. Now, one thing. Carol, that you mentioned when we uh, that, that has stuck in my mind actually because I spend such a lot of time doing it, and uh, when we spoke last July at um, your event at Bridgewater, um, yeah. we talked about the tendrils and cutting off the tendrils or not cutting them off. Uh, I we should did. say. We did. <laughs> Do you yes, remember that? Yes. Really? I do remember yeah. my mother used to grow sweet peas and she said, oh, you've got to take the temples yes. off because it'll take all the goodness. That's right. That's what I plant. always thought. Yeah. Well, it doesn't really. 
in <laughs> nature. The tendrils are there to help yeah. the plant to cling on as yes. it grows up. Yeah, now, if you get an awful lot of tendrils, you could nip a few off just to make it look prettier because sometimes they get tangled up. Yeah. And if you're not careful, they tangle around the sweet pea and you can have a, 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 a knotted mass uh, yes. that doesn't look attractive. Yeah. For exhibition, you take off all the tendrils because the last thing you want is a good quality, nice long stem sweet pea being twisted out of shape yeah. by a tendril grabbing hold of it. Gotcha. But yes. it also means that as you take off every tendril, you need to tie it in as you go up. Yeah. So it can be quite labour intensive. So for well, most people, yes. don't bother. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I remember that, you know, and I was thinking yeah. I was always driving home all the time, which is nice. It's kind of that sort of mindful time, isn't it? When you're just sticking yeah, the tail. Yeah. Not- dead instead. Concentrate on deadheading. Uh, yeah, and you're not thinking about anything, <laughs> which is nice, isn't it? You know, yeah, with uh, yeah. the lives that we lead today and everything else that's thrown at you. But, uh, yeah. and I just thought the hours I've spent cutting the tendrils off. And I um, and, then, and then tying them in to stop. And the then tying them in, <laughs> yeah. Just leave it to the natural kind of uh, process, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Na- nature does things in spite of us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's there for a reason, isn't it? When you think it about is, it, is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, with all those facts and top tips, I've got to say. Carol, I've been jotting my um, notepad here is full <laughs> of all these, uh, and I tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna nip out this afternoon and um, and head up to my uh, my local garden centre and just peruse all the um, all the packets all the of seeds, seeds there. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. right. I mean, I'll still have some left. I'm I'm pretty sure from from last year, but um, no, you've inspired me to do it. Perhaps do it right this year. One thing, actually, I was going to ask you. Can you yeah. grow uh, sweet peas in pots or big pots, or do they really you need? Can. You can, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you've reminded me of that because I did have a note down here. Yeah, uh, pots um, because we've mentioned the old-fashioned variety. We've mentioned the yeah. Spencer varieties. Yes. Yeah. Um, you can also get what they call modern grandifloras. So it's the Henry Eckford old-fashioned grandifloras right. that have been rebred. So they they are they are like the old fashioned varieties, a bit smaller than the Spencers. Yes. But the modern ones and some of them have been rebred for the perfume. And there's one in particular called High Scent, which is a modern grandiflora. So it's a modern old fashioned, if you will. Yeah. Which sounds strange. Um also for the colour, you can get some unusual colours. Um, there's one that's called Turquoise Lagoon, which is actually classed as a shifter because it shifts colour. It starts off as oh, lilac when it's growing, oh, right. and then it fades to a turquoise colour, which is quite unusual. Oh, it almost looks like it's been dyed, you know, had, yes. had dye added to it, but yes. it's not. That's the natural colour. Uh, and it's one of these oddities that have come through um, in, in the modern breeding. So that's a very unusual colour to look out for, a turquoise lagoon, yes. which is a shifter. And like I said, the, the modern grandiflora's high scent is one that's been bred for the perfume. Um, at a flower show, I had I had a vase of high scent and a vase of cupane, and people were smelling the different ones. And some people favoured one, some people favoured the yes, other. They yeah. were both very popular for the perfume. Oh, that's a good um, thing. But yeah. the other thing that we haven't talked about is the species. Um, mm. The latherous species is is a wide a wide family of species. Latherous. Yes. yes. The latherous odoratus are the ones with the odour with the perfume. Right. The yes. other latherous species don't have the perfume. Uh-huh. 
they see. were the original wildflowers that yes. grew. Yes. They were fodder crops for animals. Um, there's one which is a blue one, which um, seeds of it were found in Tutankhamun's tomb when they opened it really? because they were put there to grow fodder crops for the animals in the afterlife. Um, so they've been they've been going for thousands of years, literally, and wow. they've been uh, lots of different colours. Yes. Uh, there is actually a yellow one, but it's not got the perfume. There is a, a yellow one called Bellinensis, um, and there's a white, like I say, blue one that the. Yes. Um, Latherus sativus azurus is its technical name, is its right. Latin name, um, which is the Tutankhamun one. Yes. Um, there's also the pale pinks, the Tingitanus, which is a vigorous climber, and they grow really well in pots. Did I see some of those original species? You did. Yeah, I, yes. I believe yeah. so. And I think there was a yellow there, you there know, was. and somebody yes. pointed yeah. out that that's like the original species there. Yep. That's correct, yes. Quite yeah, small, yeah, we had them on display at Bridgewater. That's yes, right. Yeah. Yes, fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. Now, some, some some people love them. I love them. They're, they're, they're a little bit smaller. They're quite tiny. They're, they're like the size of your thumbnail. That's uh, right, I think yes. they're really sweet, and I love doing arrangements with them. Yes. Um, I grow mine in pots. I, I've got like 15 different pots with 15 different species in, uh, and they, they, they lend themselves ideally to growing in pots. You can also grow um, old-fashioned in. I, I wouldn't recommend Spencer's because they're a bit too big for pots. You need a huge yes. pot, yeah. really, to grow Spencer's in. Yes. Old-fashioned will grow, um, but they start to yellow at the bottom quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. And you can get dwarf varieties. Um, they're called the Cupids or Little Sweetheart um, or Balcony Plants, which are bred um, a little bit smaller yes. to, to put in pots. So you okay. can have them trailing over balconies, for example. Excellent. So there are yeah. some varieties that are better suited to pots. Yeah, and I guess in, um, I guess in pots you've got to, again, be careful of feeding them because they'll use all the nutrients, yeah. won't they, quickly within the pot? Absolutely, yeah. 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 So they need plenty of, of uh, manure tossed in, plenty yes. of... Uh, tomato feed as they start yes. flowering. Yeah. Uh, the soil is, I, I change at least half of it every year, you know, take half out, yep. put some, top some different compost yes. back in, top it up, yes. uh, and keep it watered. I've actually got a watering system to do that right. uh, because otherwise I'd be watering twice a day. So yes. you can put yeah. the gel beads in. Um, That's to, right, just to, to retain the yeah, moisture. Yeah. To retain some of the moisture, yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, so it is possible to to do them in pots uh the danger is like i say overcrowding in a big tree tub you only need six plants any more than that and and they'll struggle to to survive really yes yeah yeah Ah, oh, that's interesting. Carol, we could go on and on, couldn't we? Yeah. <laughs> i could actually yeah <laughs> you could, i know you could that's been absolutely a great a really great insight and and the timing is perfect isn't it now so, um, Thank you. I've just got time to tell you about yeah. your website then, so that anybody wants to Absolutely, yeah. You give yeah. the society <laughs> and your website a real good mention. And as I said, any, Thank any, you. well, you mentioned the shows coming up, but we'll perhaps go over those again so people can come, yeah, and, yeah. come yeah, and see you. Yeah, and see all the come great displays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the website, um, which has more information on, and if you have any questions, if you go on the website and keen hello at Sweet Peas, you'll get me. So okay. yeah. <laughs> I'll Excellent. be able to answer any more questions on the Hello Sweet Peas. The website is yes. um, www.sweetpeas.org. 
www.sweetpeasociety.co.uk. Great. And that's the National Sweet Pea Society. Is that their website? That's correct. Yeah, yes, yeah, so that's, that's the National Sweet Pea Society. So oh. we're all across the country, so anybody anywhere yeah. can log on and get information. We do have district representatives all yes. across the country. So if you lived up in Scotland, this, the lady from Scotland would get in touch with you. Um, and we try and keep in touch with all our members. Yes. Um, the membership, uh, benefits of the membership, um, we do a two seasonal, seasonal bulletins, great. publications, uh, we do a 200-page annual. Uh, we have various bits of information on our website about this. Um, there's a, a cultural manual, Enjoy Sweet Peas, that tells you all about growing sweet peas. Right. But the main benefit is that you join a group of friends who yes. have common interests. Yes. And you can swap, exchange, go on the telephone, say to somebody, oh, have you planted yours yet? What's happened to mine? Yeah, This is perfect. happening. I've got yeah. some mildew. What do I do with mildew? For mildew, by the way, you yeah. can either use proprietary killer, mildew killer, yes. or um, one part milk, ten parts water, I've and spray. I've heard of that milk before, diluting milk. Yes. Yeah. 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 And you use that method? Or you've, yes. Well, yeah. well, I, I don't need to. It tends to happen if they're too close together. Ah, I see. If you keep them spaced apart, you tend not to get the mildew. Ah, I've got you. Okay, so that's the National Sweet Peas Society. National Sweet Peas Society, And the website yes. is sweetpeas.org.uk. And, of course, we have to mention it is a charity organisation, isn't it? We are a charity, yes. Yes, yes. I don't get paid for any of this. Yeah. <laughs> nice. We also have a Facebook page. Yes. And the Facebook page is For the Love of Sweet Peas. For the Love of Sweet Peas. So just search that yeah. on Facebook and up your will And it'll there. pop up. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Great. And there again, anybody can ask questions on there. We do post regular uh, features on there, regular articles. Uh, you'll get somebody saying, I'm thinking of showing for the first time, what do I do? Yes. And we can either put them in touch with a district representative or give help and advice on that page, wish yeah. them all the best. Encourage um, photos when they've, they've entered the shows. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, ask them to come back to us with photos and yes. stuff like that. So, so yeah, it is full of all sorts of information. Yes, and in I fact, guess... Probably questions you've never thought of asking. Uh, yes, yeah. And I guess <laughs> if you're thinking of exhibiting maybe the first time, the best step would be to have a look at the the website national sweet pea society website and become a member and and get all the help that way absolutely yes yeah yeah perfect carol i've got to thank you so much for our chat i've certainly learned a lot this afternoon and uh, i'm going to make this year my best year at growing sweet peas now i've got to tell you Please do, please do. You were saying about the shows. We are yeah. at Tatton this year, RHS Tatton. We've got a, a stand and information bureau there, so anybody can come along and, and ask questions there. Great. Chorley, Chorley Flower Show, Southport Flower Show. Yes. We are exhibiting as well as the stand and information bureau. That's it. And Chorley so, Flower Show is is a great show, isn't it? A real it, lovely yes, show. Yes, it's a proper horticultural show. You know, the, the, yes. the, everything there is relating to... Uh, plants and flowers and it, it is a really good do and of course we're back at Bridgewater again yes uh, in July that's great 13th and 14th of July 13th got that and 14th of July I've got that written down already I shall come along yeah. and tell you how I've got on please do please I will. do in fact you could enter you could enter your blooms 
in our flower show. Well, you know, <laughs> I might. Let's see how we get on, Carol. See <laughs> yeah, you get on. <laughs> Let's see how we get on. And uh, yeah. but I'll definitely be there, and I'll come along and say uh, and say hello to you and and your colleagues. And uh, I really Please look do, forward yes. to that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I can smell those sweet peas now. I never get over walking into that marquee. It's just terrific, just terrific. It is. Terrific. Okay, Carol, thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate it. You're welcome. All the very best to you. You take care. Same to you. Thank you. Bye. Bye now. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Carol Tate there of the National Sweet Pea Society. Some really great tips there for growing sweet peas. So give it a go. And uh, like Carol says, maybe uh, get in touch with your local group through the National Sweet Pea Society. And um, maybe you might be exhibiting this year. Who knows? Who knows? Well, that's all the time we have on today's show. Thanks go to Carol Tate of the National Sweet Pea Society for all those top tips on growing sweet peas. If you want to get in touch with the society, the web address is sweetpeas.org.uk and the Facebook page is For the Love of Sweet Peas. Now, if you want to get in touch with me about anything to do with the show or to uh, to feature on the show, just email me on rparry1961 at gmail.com or you can contact me via the website and that is Digging the Dirt, The Allotment Show. Just search for Digging the Dirt, The Allotment Show on the internet and that will pop up there. Thanks very much for listening. All the very best to you. Ta-ra. You've been listening to Digging the Dirt, The Allotment Show. <laughs>